Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wrestling Should Be Fun, episode 117. I'm your really glad to be here host. Wasn't planning on this uh, this section. I thought it was just a guest, but it's me, JCH, doing a rare hosting job today. Stepping into the other side of the microphone. Uh, we've got two guests with us. One of them, normally a host, not feeling it today. It's the <laughs> most capped member of the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. It's Ross the Boss, Casey. Hey, James. Sorry to uh, spring it on you, but, you know, it's, it's uh, past midnight here in Doha. I'm tired. Yeah, fair. No worries. How you doing, Ross? How is Doha? Yeah, it's good, mate. It's good. Richard Keyes is uh, putting out the content, isn't he? What a boy. <laughs> Has he got any more shows coming up in Doha soon? <laughs> I hope so. I absolutely loved the last one in Doha. And if they can bring in another Attitude Era star, then I'm all for it. Very much so. Exciting times. Uh, also, a three-man booth today, third man in the booth. It's the Fox. Josh. How are you doing, Josh? I'm all good, mate. This is about a later call-up as you could possibly get, but I'm here. I'm ready to go. I'm off the bench as a, a super sub. Like, I don't know. Who's a super sub I can think of? Beckham. Into Sheringham. And Solskjaer has won it! Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Solskjaer's the standard, standard of super sub, isn't it? Like, if you're yeah. a standard super sub. I was going to say Rob Earnshaw. I'm pretty sure, Phil, you might have to check this in post, but I'm pretty sure he came off the bench and scored a hat-trick once. There's your random trivia for the day. I hope that's right. I really do. He's got a hat-trick in all four divisions, FA Cup, League Cup and International Football, I'm sure. That's I know the listeners are very keen to know this fact, so I'm going to search it as we talk. As Josh looks up the career of Rob Anshaw, I'm sure everyone on the podcast has heard of, we will get going with what the nerds were watching. I've been watching you a la 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 long a la 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 long 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 come on a la 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 long a la 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 long long See, last episode, we had a week off last week. The episode before, myself and Ross discussed the Progress show, which had a name that I can't remember. Uh, Ross? Vendetta. Vendetta, uh, which we were quite looking forward to the card. Neither of us could make it. Josh, you could make it, and you went. I could. Uh, tell us about the day. Who was there? Big crew? Yeah, there was a few of us there. We got a few couple of live entrances, which was definitely different. It certainly added to the um, the atmosphere. And yeah, it was a, it was a, just a big show. There was a lot happening. There was a, lot, a bit, a few laughs. It was a super show, wasn't it? Because it had nine matches. Yeah. Yeah, there was uh, <laughs> a few laughs. <laughs> a few sad moments as well, which was, uh, yeah, that was a unique way to um, go about the day when wrestling should be fun after all. But wrestling should be sad sometimes as well, apparently. Wrestling should be emotional. I think that's the key, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one. It makes you feel something. It's doing something right. Absolutely. Ross, um, as our progress correspondent, have you got any uh, questions about the card for Josh? Yeah, so kicking off with RKJ against Luke Jacobs in what I've heard was an absolute banger to kick off the show. Um, let us know just how many strikes there were <laughs> and <laughs> if you were surprised by the result. Yeah, there was there was a few strikes, to say the least. I'm not surprised by the results. I did think Jacobs was going to win, but again... I think given the rain that RKJ's had, I don't think he can be really surprised at all when he wins again. 
Did Ricky yeah, Bryant I Jr. win? Sorry, I didn't know. I didn't know the results. Yeah, I'm um... last week's pod, and obviously it didn't happen. So I haven't, and I haven't seen anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So, sorry to break that news to you, James. But uh, yeah, no new so, Atlas uh, champion. So RKJ remains undefeated in progress in singles. Pretty big claim. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I guess the question goes on: Who's going to beat him? Who knows? I, I really don't know anymore because I generally thought Jacobs was going to take the title back, but I guess not. They must would be running you, out of contenders, no? Who would you have in the possibilities there? Do you think that the newly crowned Yoichi, possibly? Is, is Bullet had a shot yet? He's not had a shot yet, no. Could be the big man. As he, said, man. as he said on this very podcast, RKJ is not an Atlas wrestler, I believe was his actual oh. quote. If I've got that quote, even a syllable wrong, he will correct me. <laughs> I'm sure he said something along those lines anyway. I don't want to put words in his mouth. I'm like, but he definitely he did. did. Oh, didn't he? he did. So RKJ moves on in the Atlas division. What happens with Luke Jacobs here is quite interesting. Does he move across possibly to the world title? Does he put his uh, eyes on that instead? Well, I think we'll find out a lot of who's sort of in the picture for the world title come the uh, unboxing Thunder Bastard, won't we? Because that's sort of throwing in six or seven contenders in one go. And obviously only one will win it. But that sort of gives you an idea of who's in the running for that shot. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Next up. We saw Leon Slater versus Connor Mills. Thoughts on that one, Josh? Yeah, this was pretty much exactly what I thought it'd be. It was, yeah. The novelty of seeing Leon Slater wrestle live never wears off. He's just he's just a freak of nature, isn't he? And I think we better kind of enjoy him while we still can because obviously he's off to impact, well, TNA pretty soon. And yeah, he's just a superstar, isn't he? He's got everything. And I really do think that the sky's the limit for him. But yeah, this was, this was really a lot of fun. I didn't realise, actually, until you guys spoke about it how not so great Connor Mills's um progress record was. I was I was quite surprised by that. How did he react in his loss? Did it show in terms of was there a little bit of anger slash Hildum coming in for him or Yeah, I think a little bit. I kind of thought what they're gonna because I thought I was pretty confident that Leon would win. And obviously after that I, I think I can never really predict what Leon's gonna do because you never know how long he's gonna stick around for. But with Mills, yeah, I think that's that's probably the direction to go with him. How far that takes him, who knows? Maybe he could beat um, RKJ. Who knows? Yeah. Like, you're I, just having the like, Rev Pro Cruiserweight division as your Atlas division, aren't you? <laughs> Literally, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure Connor Mills can pass for an Atlas wrestler. Is he bigger or smaller than RKJ? That's what I was thinking. If RKJ can, surely Connor I Mills can. I think Connor Mills is taller, but he's not as filled out, is he? I'm not, he's not like, I'm not saying he's like skinny because he isn't. But Ricky Knight, I'd say, was a thicker wrestler. Yeah. He's the youngest of the Knights as well. He is the youngest. <laughs> <laughs> did that song get sung for him? It didn't, no. It wasn't quite the uh... same about uh, RKJ chant leader there. <laughs> he must Just, have been on... <laughs> Just on chance, was there any that stood out from the wrestling Shippy Phone crew? There was... I can't, I can't even remember. If you'd have asked me last week, I'd have probably been able to remember. But there was inevitable... TNA one. I don't think it was as loud as I thought it'd be, but uh, okay. yeah, Mike was certainly on hand to give the thumbs up or the thumbs down. <laughs> of course he was. Good man. Knows his role. <laughs> Next up, we saw Tate Mayfair's defeat Paul Robinson. So Tate Mayfair's carries on his winning run. And what was the match like? And was there any kind of goings on with Malik and Paul? I was kind of less focused on the match and more on the afters, to be honest, because Tate was just Tate and, and Robbo was just Robbo. Um, yeah. I thought it was a really fun clash of uh, characters, as much as it was a clash of styles. It was only six minutes. 
that's why I said I thought it was just to give the afters time, which I absolutely loved. It was one of my favourite parts of the whole show was the afters. Yeah, so it's done well on social media for progress. Tell well, people, I mean, the Tell people what happened. Basically, the brass knuckles that take Mephes words around his neck. Is that right, Ross? Correct, yeah. Yeah, they got into the hands of... Did they go to Robbo and then to Simon Miller? I can't remember. Yeah, so, so Robbo looked as though he was going to get hit with the brass knucks, but then Tate got kicked in the balls by Robbo, and then he dropped the brass knucks, <laughs> and Robbo was going to hit him, and Simon Miller stepped in as, like, you know, the ultimate baby face that he is, you know. He's had enough. But then, no, he was like, give me the brass knuckle. And then like, <laughs> it was great. He wasn't doing ring announcing. Simon? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did the ring announcer for this one. He was ring announcing, that's why he was there. <laughs> I thought he'd sort of said he wasn't going to do it anymore because he wanted to be a wrestler. Yeah, that is what he wants to do, but he's got to prove himself. Yeah, he got called in, you know, yeah, I know, I know it is. I have to do some things at work. I'm not going to do anymore. Some of the ways, mate. Yeah, fair enough. The best part of the whole thing was as Simon's cutting his promo on Tate after, Tate is about as lifeless as you could possibly be in a pro wrestling cell. And he's, I watched his face the whole time and he played dead the whole time and it was the funniest thing. He did not move an inch. It was perfect. Yeah. Like when he when he got knocked out by Anthony Agogo. Yeah, it was the exact same. <laughs> the exact same. <laughs> Something that was spoken about in the comment section of the video was how fired up Simon was and the fact that he did a swear, which is something that he rarely, rarely does. Yeah, I'm just hoping the uh, the matches is carnage like as as I kind of hope it'll be come unboxing. So yeah, hopefully uh, Simon finally gets his big moment. Are they wrestling on unbox- well, You don't know, do you? Or they announced that? Yeah, they. So they. We kind of spoke about it at the show as well. Like a few guys were like, oh, "I don't really like them announcing something ahead." But then they did that last year as well, didn't they? With um, Maggot and Charles Crowley. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I guess, unboxing as a concept is great. I absolutely love it. I guess you can't be too upset at them announcing one match, but I mean, it's a heck of a match to announce, given you know the months of build that go into it. Yeah, so it's 2-0 Tate in head-to-head, and he cheated both times. So he says, if you want to cheat so much, then I'm going to be able to cheat too, and it's a street fight. Classic. Classic. Then we had the debut in progress of the cheeky little buggers, Alexis Falcon and Charles Crowley against Lana Austin and Rob Drake. They came up on top. There's a lot of talk about will this be intergender wrestling or not? How did it go down, (laughs) Josh? Uh, it was great. I absolutely loved it. It was everything I thought it'd be. Brought the crowd really into it. I thought all four people in the match were as great as characters as you thought they'd be. And then the uh, the wrestling itself was... Not that I thought it'd be bad, but obviously I was more focused on like the story aspect of the match. But the actual wrestling itself was like really, really good. Yeah. Um, I heard there was a chant of sick fucking tag moves for Falcon and Crowley. Yeah, they were good. They were really good. I would be not upset at all if we got an unboxing match with those two and... Uh, those two challenges for the tag titles. Not at all. Thoughts on that, James? Who's the champions? Charlie Sterling and Nick Riley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be good, yeah. Imagine that'd be good. <laughs> Next up, we had the emotional one. Gene Money retiring Warren Banks, which the build-up was amazing. The video package was amazing. The pre-match promos were brilliant. But how was the match itself, Josh? Yeah, as you can imagine, it was very story-based. A lot of the match was... I think Gene kind of like... It was strange. It was Gene at the start was trying to like... The first thing he did in the match was kind of cut a promo, basically saying like, forget everything of all of that. Forget everything that's been said. Forget about the promo. Basically just trying to get Warren to go back on everything he said and like, oh, they can go for the tag titles and this and they could do that. And um, Warren basically weren't having it and he was trying to get Gene going a little bit. And then Gene was kind of playing into the story, really, that Gene was kind of upset that his mate was kind of giving up, I guess. And then the very end of the match was... The finish was like... 
yeah, it was, it was something for sure. So Gene did the do you know, like the Roman Reigns spot where he goes off all the rope before he does the big spear. One at WrestleMania against Cody with the so Gene does that, but instead of going for a spear, they hug, and then immediately after Gene hits his finish, and then it's the three, and then yeah, then we all got sad. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess it was almost like a I'm sorry, I love you moment, right? Yeah, that was what I thought of as soon as they did it. Because as soon as they hooked, I was like, yeah, he's going to hit the finish after, isn't he? Um, <laughs> but yeah, there was no real proper heel turn from Gene. None of that. It was just Warren Banks is retiring. The people in the front row, you know, clapped the ring afterwards. And yeah, he got his send off. We actually got a chance, me and Dom, to speak to them both during the interval. And, and Gene, he's either... A, I, I asked Dom and we got to the conclusion that he was both. He was either genuinely upset or a great worker and... I think we came to the conclusion that he was a combination of both. But yeah, it was it was pretty sad, to be honest. Yeah. Still can't quite believe that Warren Banks might not wrestle ever again. Well, he, he claims he's retired, but it's, it's wrestling after all. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a moment for sure. He did a tweet this evening where he did a picture of a baseball slide that he was doing on Gene Money. And <laughs> he said, I might be finishing wrestling, but if you <laughs> try and sit next to me whilst I'm on the tube, then you're still getting Evan Bommel. i like it so that led you into the break right and it sounds like you stayed in the ballroom i think we did (laughs) (laughs) i never remember the intervals the intervals tend to be the moment where i'm like i drink a lot or don't drink any and try and recover for the second half or try and spend 20 pound on man like (laughs) derisma or that or that or or lose the ability to speak when ali catch walks past me yeah it was that (laughs) So then we went into the second half and we got the return of Sanity, which I've watched the the intro, looked fucking great. Dave Grunewald did some insane, <laughs> metal, some insane metal singing. He's got some mad pipes. Went for 13 minutes. It's, and from the brief conversation that I had with you, Josh, previously, it sounds like Eric Young is over. Yeah, he was he was really over. He was a, he was a superstar. I love this. It was probably my favourite match of the whole show. It was just, it was great. Not sure the, the singer who performed so great enjoyed it he got beat up pretty much immediately which was a combination of hilarious and amazing yeah did you see charlie Um, sterling when we posted the entrance his comment was ask dave what happened after (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it was great it was great but yeah this was fantastic i really really enjoyed this sanity got the superstar entrance they came across as a big deal and as i've said before you know my blood is black and gold so to see sanity live was uh was pretty cool Awesome. And are you thinking that now that gives them a, their right to have their title match? I'd like to think so. Anytime Damo's in a, any form of title match is a, is a good time for me. So, yeah, I'd be all for that. Are you sad that, that you missed this one, James? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't high on my list. I thought the whole card was strong. It wasn't one I was like, oh, I'm definitely not just disappointed to miss that one. Like, say, like Warren's last match or maybe the first couple of matches, but um, I'm sure so I'm not really a TNA guy. So, so I don't dislike Eric Young. I feel, I feel I sound like a bit, I'm tired after a big weekend. I didn't mean that to sound as uh, unenthused as it did. I'm, I'm sure it was great to be there. Yeah, The tag title match should be good. I think they, they should learn that soon, surely. Yeah. If you get past Falcon and Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get too much difference in tag teams of sanity and cheeky little bugs. <laughs> Maybe that's the contenders match, like to get the title shot. That'd be great. Loads of fun. <laughs> we had a pretty needle-led storyline here with Kanji and Lizivo challenging Rio for the title. It was almost like they had only eyes for each other pre-match. 
there was a lot of spitting involved and a lot <laughs> of uh, displeasure from Lizzie Ebo towards Kanji. And She's a Liverpool that- fan, isn't she? She is. Yeah, big influence by El Hajjouf. <laughs> <laughs> Did that play into the match itself, Josh? Oh, this is going to sound awful. So this was the point where I realised I need to slow down drinking because I really want to see this main event and be coherent for it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it was good from what I remember. Okay, okay. It was blurry and good. Yeah. <laughs> Rio win. Rio did win, yeah. Yeah. So she so goes they, on. The others take each other out and just sort of not to, not pay enough attention so she could pick it up or was it like a more... We can't quite answer that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> then were you in the room for the next match, which was Yoichi versus Shigehiro Irie? I was getting there. I just remember lots of big man wrestling going on. Yeah. So it was obviously great. So Yoichi, as he's now known, rather than Yoshiki Inamura, uh, picks up a win, which means that he's now one win as Yoshiki Inamura and one win for Yoichi. So Yoichi, clearly a right move for him. And he moves on to bigger and better things. And that led us to, of course, the main event, which we've all talked about ad nauseum for the last six months, ranging from don't get where this is going to this is the best thing in wrestling (laughs) Um, (laughs) and it went 37 minutes which is classic progress main event (laughs) tell us about it yeah it was absolutely fucking carnage maybe i am getting into deathmatch wrestling i don't know because two of the better matches i've watched in recent weeks have been like stuff i definitely wouldn't show my (laughs) mum, which is the hangman swerve match and then this match that i saw live we often get matches where or feuds where like the blow-off match is just a wrestling match and this definitely wasn't a wrestling match. This was anything but that. Don't get me wrong, the wrestling they did was good, but it, like, it was just like, what are they going to do next type thing? And I'd never seen a glass spot before and was not disappointed. What was the sound like? Oh, was... They would shout, cry me a river when they got the glass out. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, um, I was focused on the fact that, I'm sure Spike was, I think like I was as well, they were wearing white t-shirts. Yeah, pretty sure. Like which is like, yeah, you kind of saw where that was going straight away. But yeah, the glass spot was as horrendous as you can imagine. And then, yeah, Spike just won. There was some great near falls going on and then Spike won, which I think we were pretty split between our group in the pickums. What was, I, the, was there much anything from like Dominator's Raynham or anything like that? Or was it just one on one? There was bits. I think there was a moment where they were going to do a spot in the ring. And then I'm pretty sure it was Bullet who had like us two on the stage. Yeah. So I watched this match back live just the other day. So I might be a bit more clearer than you, Josh. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> so, Dominators Rainium were uh, ringside for a, a little bit of it. Referee threw them out. And then, towards the end of the match, a table was put out on the stage. And Lycos 2 comes out to stop Bullet using said table and manages to get the upper hand on Bullet. Then he turns around to Lycos to say, Go and go on the top rope. And at that point, he'd set up the glass pane across four chairs and was going to jump through the pane onto Spike, who was underneath, which is mental as a plan anyhow. <laughs> but then he uh, turns around and Riley has showed up on the stage as well. And Lycos 2 is chokeslammed through the table on the stage. And as that happens, and he's kind of watching on the corner of the turnbuckle, Spike gets out from underneath and throws him through the panel, then hits him with three of his finishes, I believe. Yeah. So he kicked out the first two and then yeah. couldn't kick out the third one. So yeah, pretty savage. The blood almost immediately showed up on his back. 
pretty yeah. horrible. Yeah, and Spike won. <laughs> and as I was saying, it was pretty split in our group on who we thought was going to win. And my logic was I went with Lycos because I didn't understand how they were going to explain him losing his mask everywhere else. So I looked like a bit of an idiot because he lost. And then he kind of, he was very sad in the middle of the ring, as you'd imagine. He got a mic and he, he took his mask off and he kind of gave it to Spike and they shook hands and they showed a weird like mutual respect type thing. A bit like they're doing boxing, really, where they slug each other off in the build up and then they beat the shit out of each other and then they kind of shake hands after. It's like that weird respect thing, which was odd from Spike to see that from someone. Yeah, so I watched it back. Yeah. And, yeah. and the bit where he does the hand over the mask and stuff, Kid Lycos explains to the crowd, because obviously Lucha Diaz Puestas isn't something yeah. that really happens in the UK. So he explains what happens at the end of those matches when someone loses their mask and they have to state their name, their age, where they were born, and then remove their mask. And so he did all that. And it was like, so he was like a big part of the pre-match stuff was about how Spike has got no respect for the heritage of the mask, et cetera, et cetera, how he pulled it off in that match at Halloween chapter. And he didn't <laughs> realize, like he didn't realize how disrespectful yeah. it was, et cetera, et cetera. So Lycos doing that in the middle of the ring was him being completely like respectful to the heritage of the match itself. Like yeah. rather than pissing and moaning and saying, no, I'm not going to do it. Like he was like, yep, yeah, I accepted the terms. I knew these terms coming in. So he did it. Then he handed the mask to Spike, who he kind of was like a bit shocked because it like Spike obviously doesn't know kayfabe, doesn't know the rules necessarily of like all this sort of stuff. He was just expecting like us to do the opposite and try and run away or try and hide himself. But no, he's the baby face. He showed ultimate respect. And then he said, now here's my mask and you better not fuck this up. And he handed him (laughs) the mask. Yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't kind of aware of like the, the customs or how it goes and i think it was really it was quite powerful actually because it added a lot of like realism to it and like finality like this is it he is going to have to change his entire wrestling identity which is a massive thing i know he's, he's posted on social media since about how much of a strange experience it was for him to work his first match without the mask since but yeah it was he lost <laughs> there was no afters there was no post-match attack dominated Raynum just left and let like us cut his promo and and that was that yeah so there was no shenanigans from Lycos 2 like you expected James um, <laughs> yeah, I, got, I, was, I was nearly got nearly got it right but you were some someone that was adamant that this should be the result are you still in that thought process yeah definitely I think as I was saying like some people have said oh they this story and they've messed it up well, I disagree I think now the story can carry on and now I say when I say it wouldn't shock me if it is Kid Lycos to eventually beat Spike later on as once he sort of built himself up as this masterless character because i feel like he might have to have some growing pains because obviously a new experience for him so maybe it takes him a little bit of time to find himself and find that confidence and the connection he had with the crowd because he did that promo saying about how the mask was like everything or and that was that was him who he was sort of thing and now he's yeah, yeah. Sort of, he's come out as a, as a new person and um i think when they build him up if well if they do they might not they might that might be the end of him in progress it seems unlikely but if they build him up then he, he'll be like the absolute yeah, that was my opinion. That he'd be the absolute baby face, like once he's come back, because he's got that almost human element with the crowd, as opposed to the animal connection that he had before. <laughs> so, if Progress handed you the book, how long would you give that growing pain process? Because I'm assuming that it means more if he takes the title off Spike rather than someone else, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe a strong style. How many running shows every month? Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, so maybe strong styles in May is an end of May, so maybe like five or six. Yeah, you don't want to leave it too long, but I think you need to give it a bit of time. I, yeah, the thing is, if you're happy to keep the title on Spike, which I don't see why you, you wouldn't be because he's performed really well with it, I think it's similar to sort of like what we were saying about Swerve and Hangman. I mean, obviously, the difference there is that you could get Swerve to win the title first and then Hangman, maybe yeah. like six months down the line, you've got a bit of freshness that way. Whereas, obviously, Spike's already got a title. He's had it for a long time. But I think that could be the uh, the way to go, maybe about five, six months' time down the road. Spike's not just going to give Lycos another title, so is he? I mean, he could, I guess he could win the Thunder Bastard, but that's, that seems a bit quick. Yeah. And I think you might want to spend it. You know, they might not go with that story at all. They might just give it to someone else to beat Spike, and they not didn't quite see Lycos as the guy. But they spent a lot of time developing this. So I think it'd be, as Cody would say, finish the story. Yeah. <laughs> It wouldn't be the first time that a promotion has put that amount of effort and not pulled the trigger. So no, yeah. no, very much. It happens all the time, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So if it's not Lycos, who do you want in that uh, Thunderbastard match? Well, I was thinking as we were going through the results earlier, like, the, like surely the winners of these matches are going to have a strong claim for. It. Obviously, Jacob's lost, but he's coming across from a, a different division. I, I'm guessing Ricky Knight won't go in it because he's got his own belt. It has been put as a. Uh, unified title in the past it has been yeah but they haven't had it going as a single one that much long recently yeah. so maybe a yeah. year or so i think it'd be a bit early to do that but yeah i think you're you know, like your leon slaters you take mayfairs when yeah. he's not he's got a match with simon miller isn't he because tate was my thought before i realized that was on the show <laughs> if that spike trevay tate mayfairs match finally does happen were the podcast that started it yeah <laughs> 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 How about you, Josh? Anyone that uh, takes your fancy to be in the Thunder Bastard? Uh, I had Leon in my mind as you were having that chat, to be honest. But then, I don't know. The thing with Leon is you don't know how much he's going to be around, do you? So it's kind of tricky to get invested in someone for an indie promotion when they're at the behest of like a major company. Because obviously, you're going to always have to bow down to those demands. And you don't want to build Leon up for all these months. And then suddenly, TNA need him for a big show and off he goes. Yeah. Um is... Well, maybe that's the case for it. And if he were to get him to win it now, get his match with Spike. Yeah, maybe. Spike maybe that would... enact his way out of the company or his way out of the indies. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess that would be... That'd be one way to go around it. I don't know, really, because I guess you kind of want to save some people to make sure you have a good Super Strong Style tournament. I don't think you'd have someone win the Thunder Bastard and then the Super Strong Style tournament, because I think that would kind of defeat the point. But I know... <laughs> I don't, I don't know, actually. I think it's it's quite tricky because it's one of those things with Spike's title reign. There is no, like, one obvious, like... You know, like with Roman, everyone says it should definitely be Cody. There isn't that really that person with Spike. Like, there's a few suggestions. Obviously, we spoke about Lycos and how you could build him up, but that's only, like, a possibility. It's not, like, the overwhelming favourite, like, Cody and Roman in WWE. The beauty with it being an indie company, obviously, is that they can get anyone from... Could be anyone, yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of those things we'll only kind of know if it was the right person when it actually happens. And whenever that is, who knows? As, as much as you say they can get anyone, I feel with a title reign this long, you want it to be... I know. I think obviously you get a big pop for a title change, especially when Spike loses anyway, even if it is against uh, a sort of first-time import coming in. But I think with a story that's gone on this long, that people would prefer it to be someone who's come through the ranks and been there. Yeah. Before yeah. that's uh, just uh, from a story perspective, that's my personal opinion anyway. They did during the match do a little nod to his past. Did you notice the Karanoa stuff live, Josh? Uh, I, yes, I did notice that. Yeah, and as you were 
it's funny as you were talking previously about Spike not respecting like the like how much the mask meant. This is the same guy who walked into a match with Tom Dawkins dressed as Cara Noir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, he doesn't really give a fuck. Yeah. So Kid Lycos did a swan woo on Spike and then did the Cara Noir pose. And, did, as indeed, he was, yeah. and then as he was posing, Spike hit him with his own swan woo. <laughs> <laughs> and then did the pose. And then when he stood up, he did like a feigned like ankle injury to like be like, I've fucked up his ankle. <laughs> oh, dear. Brilliant. We hope you're doing well, Tom. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's a bit up in the air. And sometimes I think that's a good thing. It's a bit like with the Royal Rumble, having loads of possibilities is better than when it's like, oh, it's obviously that person, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's the joys of it. And, and it leans quite well into the next program show being on boxing, which... The reason that I love unboxing is because literally anything could happen in the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> I think that wraps up progress, right? Oh, and yeah, Eddie Eddie's came out for a promo as well. We forgot about him. Oh, yes. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Eddie. I got to hear Party Hard again, which I was very pleased about. So thank you, Eddie. A good pop for party, shock Party Hard appearance. Oh, it, it definitely did with me. Like, <laughs> I, as, I, as I said to Eddie on, on Twitter, I just learned the words to the song, ready to belt it out, very drunk at the next show. And then he Got a fucking proper job, didn't he? <laughs> so now we've got three entrants confirmed for Super Strong Style. Brian Keefe, Eddie Dennis, and Casey Navarro. Pretty solid lineup so far. Quite an eclectic life as well. Like, should be some really fun matches. What was that guy who used to who came out with the fire? The guy that came out with the fire? That Aerostyle. Was it, was it... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. I went to his cabaret show last night for my work staff party. <laughs> I will say I'm never not impressed by people who can eat fire. <laughs> How impressed would you be if you get the operatic wrestler guy? Oh, Matt Brooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would be impressed. He is good. Well, I, I, he is, yeah, I enjoy him. I enjoy his work very much so. <laughs> so that wraps up progress. Did you want to do your um, two minutes on NXT, James? <laughs> Well, yeah, I watched two episodes of NXT this week because I missed last one, last week's travelling. And I was saying to you in the pre-show meeting, Ross, really coherent pre-show meeting, that um, <laughs> my my Skybox glitched for like a minute of like, a, like a, what must be like one o'clock, I guess. It's like a reset. And so I missed Andre Chase saying why he did been done for gambling. <laughs> and if Lexus King actually attacked Trick Williams or was just seen in the area because he just cut from... That one backstage to another one, and then midway through the front, I was like, "That is, this is all what I'm here for." Case <laughs> you and this uh, gambling storyline. Uh, Basically, what happened, Harris, is uh, Andre Chase attacked Trick, and Lexus King's going to lead Chase you. <laughs> can you believe it? I can believe it. <laughs> you, the thing is, with NXT, you could believe that. <laughs> I still love it, just like the, the just like the changing room scenes. And those yeah. guys have got the, 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 the masks you just turn up every so often who no one knows who they are. <laughs> and there's that guy. I don't, I don't even know who he is. Is it? Is it? Um, what's his name? The Spanish lad. Oh, Javier Bernal. No, the one from who was in uh, White Wolf. Oh, Axiom. Yeah, is he, is he the one who just stood there with the English bloke just having a chat in his mask? But he's just like having a normal <laughs> chat. It's just, <laughs> it just looks funny. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an enjoyable show. Like a really breezy watch. Yeah, that's become my sort of favourite show at the moment, I think. It's definitely mine. Like, I watch Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, Collision, and NXT is my... Like you said, it's just a breeze. It's just easy to watch, and it's there's some fucking great matches on. I mean, it helps that Ilya's the champion. That really helps, the quality of the matches. I heard that his but match... But for a developmental, the matches are killer. I heard that his match with Fraser was very good. 
Yeah, that was great. That was really good. And I actually expect his match with Corbin at the pay-per-view to be good because Corbin's like a, a really solid worker. I know people don't like to admit that. Big and Dragon Bad Bad Baron. fucking brilliant. Big Bad Banner Baron was like doing this, <laughs> that backstage thing when he did the whole like, well, Ilya, he goes home to nobody. And then he goes, I go home to my <laughs> massive mansion with my wife and my kids and say goodnight yeah, to this, I mean, in my life, who's... life. And then he just did that. He did the pre prayer and just sat in a big chair. I'm like, who has a hat? Like that hat bit house. Yeah. Like, if it, I know it's sort of part of the story. Yeah. That house is ridiculously large. It's, no, it's like a pub. That's just one room. Like, no way oh. a house that big. But yeah, he's this... got um, NFL and WWE money, right? I thought he lost all his money. <laughs> no, he won, he won it back. And he won he some of the casino. Like, is that right? Yeah, yeah. They had a show in... Uh, it might have actually been Vegas. And he won money and he's now he's... Yeah, he's he's fine again. But this is the best Baron Corbin. I know he's had plenty of gimmicks. This Baron Corbin in NXT is, is fucking great. And um, there was a good match with all the old North American champions. Yeah. Dominic Mysterio is... He's such a, like a brat. He's so his good at well, yeah. He's just like an absolute tool. Yeah, um, he's, he's playing a part. Like I don't understand he's doing it on purpose and he, and he makes you want to hate him. So he's doing that well. And he's still yeah. not the worst commentator on it. Vic's <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. Vic's yeah. good. He's, yeah, he is good. And especially because he's carrying <laughs> a so rucksack. Book a T-shaped rucksack on his back. So now that you're on your journey of NXT again, who's your surprise like person that you've really fell in love with? Well, I like uh, JC Jane. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. She's good. Gable's been on it a lot, which is like just like the old days. Obviously, I know he's still more as well. Um, and um, and then what's, I can't remember his name, but it's Carl Fredericks. Oh, yeah. Eddie Thorpe. Eddie Thorpe. Yeah. yeah I was like, who's this guy? He's not going to win, is he? And I was like, I looked him up. I was like, oh, <laughs> I always have to look him up to see if I've seen him uh, on the Indies. And I was like, oh, it's bloody Carl Fredericks. He was, he was quite good. And he's been in it for ages, apparently, which I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. But, um, mm. Even though I didn't even know he'd signed there. <laughs> um, yeah, he was he was quite good. Do enjoy Noam Dar and his ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah. Do you reckon that is of the NXT crop? You know, like sometimes there's the people that you're like, yeah, definitely these guys will make it. Who's the one that you think will be the surprise hit on the main roster? Mm, good question. I'm, str- I'm still struggling to learn all their names at the moment. That's fair. There is a lot of. Just, why don't you tell us the gimmick? So many <laughs> gimmicks people, NXT are amazing. So many people on it every day, isn't there? Well, I say, I'm guessing you think like Ilya wouldn't be a surprise. No, I don't think so. No, no not really. Yeah, so um, someone who's a bit more wacky. Do you feel like the Chase U boys would be good on the main? <laughs> uh, no. Oh. Not, not, not. No, they wouldn't be bad. But I think like part of their the very NXT gimmick, isn't it? Yeah, and 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 the fact they've got all the sort of like people in the crowd, and it's a small crowd, so it stands out. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't work as well in obviously like a larger crowd. I'm not. I'm sure they'd be fine, but I, I don't think they'd be. I think uh, individually they'd be fine. I don't. I'm not sure the chase you as a thing would translate as well onto main roster. I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I think Trick is better than Mellow. Oh, I like that. I like that. We're going to be doing our award show. We're going to record that on the 18th. I think he's getting quite a few votes for Rising Star. Mm. Trick Williams. Yeah. Yeah, and I like to say to you, I think it, it, as they didn't show King beating him up, it's definitely still Mello who beat him up. <laughs> yeah. it, it, I mean, it definitely should be. And for all you yeah, know, it could well be still be James. Yeah. I'm not buying it. <laughs> I'm not buying it. I've seen it too many times. <laughs> yeah, Triple H and Shawn Michaels won this show. They did this same storyline. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen it in 
like three or four different times in my time of watching <laughs> NXT with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Tomato Champa, Johnny Gargano. And... Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is the Triple H Sean storyline. And he's already done the kick through the door with JC Jane and Gigi Dolan. <laughs> and he's done the Roxanne collapses in the ring gimmick, which he's done in the past. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Oh, I'll tell you what I do like that drama queen woman. Oh, um, oh, um, Ariana. Ariana yeah. Grace. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> do, you know, do you know who her dad is? Uh, WG Grace? No, nope. I, I know. Harris, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll never get it in a million years if you don't know it. Okay, no, I don't know it. Josh? Uh, it's Santino Morella. I didn't know that because the guy looked her up again. I did. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> I look, yeah, I try, I try to work out if... Because obviously some of these people come from like sports backgrounds, don't they? And yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Some of them are they, it was me, indie people, but um, I'd forgotten that, yeah. I mean, WG Grace would be an interesting one as well, though. <laughs> <laughs> if she comes out next week full beard then I mean yeah had it up <laughs> can borrow Chuck's bat set aside five days fuck's sake <laughs> five day match <laughs> uh, that but uh, that's surely someone in England's got to do a cricket gimmick where they try and make the match last five oh. days or it starts like it's raining outside they say we're not coming out or something like <laughs> I mean, Progress did a clock strike midnight match, and that was wacky <laughs> as fuck. So, yeah, it's full of fun characters, um, and they all seem to have something going on. Yeah, enjoying it. Just I'll fun. be watching, watching Wednesday. Well, watch on work Wednesday, maybe Thursday morning. Nice. Anything else that you want to talk about that you've been watching? I've been keeping up with Dynamite. <laughs> James, yeah. did you want to run through our conversation mid-show about um, the title match coming up? MJF and Samoa Joe. Yeah, so I put it to James off air that I kind of think Joe's going to win. I'd also like Joe to win. I think, I think I said I said that I think they've sort of people have gone too far now with this. Oh, you can't title reigns have got to be long. They go, yeah. everyone's had the same title for ages. Get over it. <laughs> yeah, I think title they also kind of that twat with the shit clothes. <laughs> um, As someone who was a, a kid during the the Super Senior era, and I like MJF a lot. But fucking hell, they didn't do Jay White no favours at that pay-per-view, did they? But he did get punched in the face with a diamond ring to lose, at least. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. And he lost to two guys with fucking two legs working between them. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. But uh, yeah, I hope Samoa Joe wins, to be honest. Samoa Joe's amazing. I'm not saying Max isn't, and I'm not saying I'm less of a MGF fan than I was throughout the title reign. But um, like James has said, I think, yeah, it's gone on too far now, isn't it? What? It sounds from what I'm reading online because I'm not I'm unable to watch a lot of stuff at the moment that they're seemingly going more towards pro wrestling than sports entertainment in the future. So that would make sense in terms of a title change, right? Yeah, I mean Joe's about as believable a champion of a professional wrestling company as you could possibly get. And I think MJF spoke even this past week. He put did a promo putting over Joe and how WWE kind of dropped the ball by not making him a world champion and how he got into wrestling watching guys like Samoa Joe because they were different and they proved you don't have to be this, you know, stereotypical bodybuilder type to be a world champion. So, and I just think Joe as a heel, I mean, he's having to team with MJF this week, bizarrely, against two of the the devil's goons, I believe they're being referred to as. Yeah, God knows. This could be like that time when FTR dressed up as luchadors or whatever. I don't know. What Um, do you think of the theory that MJF is the devil? I mean, I've kind of got my heart set from the start that the devil's Adam Cole, but from what I, I've heard and read, this injury he's got is pretty, pretty bad. 
but yeah, we'll see. Um, I think AW tend to get their big things right. I mean, you can moan about some of the bookings along the way and some of the undercard stuff, but they tend to get their main stories right. So I I trust Tony and the crew to do this one right. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens and see if the world really does end and and MJF, the hottest star in the company, loses his title in his hometown, which would be funny. They quite often do the hometown win. Yeah, well, 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 Punk won his title in Chicago. The first dynamite after Hangman won the titles in his hometown, and well, yeah, Hangman this be... in Tacoma or in Washington, anyway. Yeah, so it's changed a lot now, but it used to be very WWE. Like, if you're in your hometown, you're going to lose. So I think for AEW to go the opposite way would be. But now would people be are saying that AEW is becoming more more like WWE, so maybe they will do that. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> who knows? Maybe maybe Phil Brooks will be the devil. Who knows? Well, we can only wish. <laughs> I'm still waiting for you to put him down to be at uh, unboxing at the end of the month as well. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. We had to get a CM Punk reference onto at least a podcast every time. So, well, he did. He did make a comeback since our last podcast. Oh, did he? Did he? I've not heard much about it. <laughs> Which I decided to give a shout out to Shadow, who messaged me a week after it happened, saying CM Punk's back because he's so committed to not seeing spoilers and catching them. And I was just like, "How have you done that?" Yeah, that's phenomenal. <laughs> Mike had it spoiled for him literally the next day. Well, I was at in America watching a pay-per-view at a regular time, and you never guess what I did, Josh. <laughs> oh, no. You saw the lower third come up, didn't you? No, no. Oh, I fell asleep about two hours early. Oh, shocker. <laughs> <laughs> we had been out since about um, 10 a.m. I'd been out to watch, <laughs> to watch Blackburn with the uh, Philadelphia Rovers crew. As you do. Big victory over Stoke City. Yes, yeah, so we, we've been out all day on the beers, and... Uh, about half nine, I'd just gone. I, was, I like woke up on the sofa, I was like, I'm going to sleep. I watched the women's war games. So. And then, uh, yeah, someone, I think Don messaged me something, and I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> and I watched I watched the video of it, like like the highlights package of him coming out, and the pop was incredible. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I haven't said anything since. I didn't, no, there wasn't much uh, discourse about his Monday night performance, so I didn't feel inclined to watch it, which sort of says where I am with WWE right now, if even... <laughs> Punk can't get me to watch Raw. I'm still burned well, by hours I stuck out for 10 years before I finally managed to quit it. You like to start <laughs> speaking again. What about if uh, they plop him into that NXT roster? Now you're talking. Yeah, I'll be up for that. Yeah. <laughs> they absolutely should, by the way. They absolutely should get CM Punk to appear on an episode of NXT. Imagine oh. him interacting with Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just say the star of that group is the girl they've added? And the way she says, hey, fellas, which I'm not going to do the accent, but she's a fucking superstar to me already. Where is Jade Cargill? Uh, she's about. <laughs> it's like, last time she was just sort of turning up at different shows looking to see where she's going to sign. So she's kind of like tried to play that down a little bit. And, and Triple H in the after show, in the um, like press conferencing after Survivor Series, kind of took a shot at AEW because someone asked him about it. And he was like, basically, he was saying like she's not developed enough where she was before. And it's no fault of her own or something along those lines. But he was slagging off AEW with the job they did in developing her. So sounds like she needs to get more reps in and then she'll be doing her thing. Wasn't she training with like Ricky Starks this week? No idea, man. God knows, mate. I'm sure I, I saw know. like a, a social media post from Jay Cargo, like, look who came to say hello. It's like it's Ricky Starks again. Did he's, he get in trouble for going backstage at Raw yeah, one time? He's, he's off there and he's going. Yeah, there. of course he is. <laughs> oh, dear. Starks versus Pillman, NXT title. Book it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, there's got good matches on in the Continental Classic. It's worth doing his thing. I'm, I'm annoyed because I. 
made my pickums with my whole story, which was for Moxley to beat Kingston in the final, but I didn't quite understand there were two if there were semi finals. And so I picked them both to win the group. And I don't think they will now. So but I think they will meet in the knockouts, either in the final or in the semi final. I still don't quite understand what they win because there's so many things. They, oh, they win, they the win Japan, off. They win three belts. New Japan Strong title, the IRH title, and the new Continental title. Which yeah, they need a new belt. To be fair, they do need more belts. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not a unified thing. It's three separate belts. I think, I think they want to do a take off the All Japan Triple Crown thing because that's their thing is to do takes off old stuff that people in 2023 don't really care about. <laughs> I mean, some people care, sure, but like AW's problem has always been they so, target a small part of their audience. So forgive me if I've got this wrong, but Brody King beat Eddie, right? Yeah. So yeah. he's now New Japan Strong. And oh, because Eddie sort of like so they had to clarify this as well. Yeah, so they had to clarify this as well, Ross, because I, I originally thought exactly what you thought. Apparently, Eddie's still the champion until the end of the tournament, but the three belts are going to the winner of the tournament. Oh, or right, so they, they just suspended the tournament the titles because he's like left him up beside the ring, isn't he? Yeah, like, I presume so, mate. Because I think in the match, Eddie had a match with Danielson on collision and it was like, there was a great spot at the end where they were kind of on the ground and um, Eddie's just screaming at him. I think he flips the bird at him because he kind of realised like, fuck, I'm going to lose again. I'm going to be 2 nil down, like two matches, no wins, and I'm probably going to lose both my titles that he voluntarily put on the line in this tournament. That's the, the kayfabe thing anyway. Yeah, this is so, like yeah. just really good pro wrestling storytelling that New Japan do with their tournaments, isn't it? You put someone going through yeah. the mill and then you're really hoping that they can pull it out the bag at the end. So Yeah. Equally so, I wouldn't be shocked if he went and won these next four matches now and somehow made it through. That wouldn't shock me at all. But did he lose to Danielson? He did indeed, yeah. So he's nil two now. Left. We've only got three left, no? There's only Might six. You can't, you can't wrestle oh, yeah, three. of course. Yeah, shit. There you go, then. The only person who can wrestle himself is Bryce Remsburg. <laughs> Aubrey would have a go, though. <laughs> Should we do a round table? Yeah, sorry. We've been blabbering on, dear listener. We do apologise. <laughs> Not like us to blabber along on this podcast. Phil is going to absolutely hate us all. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> Chin up. Tits out. And watch for the shoe. <laughs> Have you ever, ever felt like this? How strange things happen. Are you going round the twist? Have you ever, ever felt like this? So yeah, let's keep this short. Unboxing is happening on the 30th of December. Josh has got his ticket. James, you're getting a ticket, I think. I just need to wait for train situations. So we head back in Devon, but I'm 99% there. I just don't I just need to check if there's any strikes or anything. Nice. You've already missed out on your Christmas hamper. No, it's annoying. I like a Christmas hamper. <laughs> it's on the 30th, is it, mate? Yeah. yeah. So it's the same day as the AW pay-per-view for everyone listening. Game on. That'll be like my New Year's Eve because I'm doing comms on New Year's Day, so I have a quiet one there. <laughs> nice. Perfect. You can be asleep in your chair watching AW at 1am. <laughs> I'll put money on that. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, I can convince Dom to come back and watch with me. They might be able to keep me awake. So, unboxing, for those that are unaware, first came to be in 2015, I believe. Mm. And basically, it's uh, inspired by PWG's show, Mystery Vortex, where they didn't announce the wrestlers, and you bought a ticket, and you just hope to see what you're going to see. So you don't know any of the matches. Of course, they've broken this rule 
past two years with the Maggot match previously and the Miller versus Tate Mayfair's match that's been announced for this show on the 30th. But let's look back at the past. I'm um, pretty sure that the first unboxing was my first ballroom show. Nice. Okay. Because it was really hard to get tickets back then and I got one to Brixton. And then yeah, it was shortly after Brixton, wasn't it? Yeah. There's bollocks because Dom has been to one. He was, he was at the first show I went to. Well, that's all I mean. Have a word with Dom. Oh, no, unless that was the second show and the first one I just sat on my own. Stood on my own. <laughs> Might be true. So the first one had matches that included men's progress championship match between Pete Dunne and Fabian Eichner. Whatever happens yes, to was it, that, was it that match? And also the women's championship was Kaylee Ray versus Tony Storm. Decent. I'm pretty, pretty sure Progress posted about that in the last few days or so. I think I saw that somewhere. May have been me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. In the second event, we had Pete Dunne doing his NXT UK Championship match for the first time in progress. And also a crazy eight-man elimination tag, which was between British Strong Style, Aussie Open, CCK, and oh, I can't remember the other the team now, but Lycos was injured in the in the chapter previous. So Kid Lycos was a blow-up doll <laughs> yeah. who was yeah. thrown off the balcony in that match and then taken out of the match because it was uh, last man standing type vibes by Mark Davis's close your eyes and count to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Superb. The third one, we saw Jordan Grace become the Progress Women's Champion, beating Ginny, and also a change of hands of the tag titles with Swords of Essex beating Aussie Open. And the main event was a rematch of the classic NXT Chicago match between Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. That was like a bit of a surprise, wasn't it? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was big. Um, obviously, NXT at the time was hot. And then the fourth one was the one and only time that your man, OGMO, Michael Oku, got his World <laughs> Championship match up against Eddie Dennis. Oh, uh, that, that like the opener? can't remember if it was or not, but it was on the show. Yeah, I remember that I remember that match. Yeah, that was good. And Ilya Dragunov against Carl Fletcher. Oof. Decent, decent. And then we come to the one last year, which, of course... Was headlined with old progress. Man like Del Boy. Man yeah. like Del Boy. <laughs> <laughs> and old progress versus new progress. Sunshine Machine facing off against FSU. FSU came out with the old Shield tag titles. Sunshine Machine, of course, had the new ones. And Sunshine Machine came out on top and took both the Shield and the belts to prove that they are the team in progress. So you never know what you're going to get. Loads of fun stuff happens. So let's have a little fantasy book. James, you've already said that you want Blobby there. Who else <laughs> do you want there? Yeah, Blobby's my main hope, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, what about you, Josh? Anyone you can think of at the top of your head? Um, well, I've been badgering on on this podcast for ages about my Rob Drake LA Taylor match. So if I could handpick a match, I'd probably pick that one. But going off if Blobby's there, like, I don't know, Barney the Dinosaur, maybe? <laughs> Basil Brush, is he about? <laughs> Bear from Bear in the Big Blue House? Bear in the Big Blue House would be a heck of a, like, a. he could be an Atlas champion, to be fair. Yeah, I think he qualifies, yeah. <laughs> he's literally a bear. Yeah, it's almost like you want to, it's more sort of like the sort of old people, like when you get like the uh, Madman Mansons of the world rocking up. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So, sort of, yeah, what sort of uh, sort of nod to the past can we get? Because obviously we- there's loads of like young up-and-coming wrestlers like we've seen a lot at the Ignite show recently and who aren't haven't quite hit the progress roster yet. So any of them would be exciting. But 
don't know, maybe can we get like a um, Mills v Mayhew, something like that? Oh, that's mm. a great shout. That's we're, obviously, we're classic at the Dome back in the day. Maybe a Mills v Mayhew, cool. nice little throwback. Why don't we finally have the debate settled with Leon Slater and Callum Newman for you guys? Yeah, game on. This would officially decide it. Well, I don't think officially decides. decides. <laughs> I think I think we kind of closed that debate over the last year or so. What, because Cam Newman was in a New Japan main event? He's got the nod. As I'm sure we'll speak about in a few weeks, Ross. I'm a big fan of Callum Newman's success this year. Yeah. I think that debate is far from over. Ooh. Far, far from over. So you've also got, obviously, progress of showing that they've got kind of ties with AEW, with Noah, with, um, what's the promotion in Seattle? Uh, Defy. Defy, yeah. Yeah, so anyone from that sort of crowd that would appeal to you? Percy Navarro was really good, and who was the other one? Is it Jack Bandicoot? Oh, no, what's oh, that yeah. big dude called? Shaffy. Oh, Shaffy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he was brilliant. He was great. He was really good. Shaff is a good shout. Sha- Maybe that's your uh, RKJ title shot. I was going to say Shaff v Shaffy. <laughs> oh, that, that's the <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if he. I mean, I don't know if he's knocking around, but he was. He was excited. Any of the like AEW dark guys that appeal to you? Not Matt Hardy. Not Matt Hardy. <laughs> Although to be fair, in the ballroom, he'd probably get a reaction, wouldn't he? He would get yeah, a big reaction, I'd say. <laughs> what about um? What about QT? He's just become a a free agent, I think. Yeah, he, he got quite a reaction. We can all go ah, ah, ah again. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's got the guy that was at Progress back in the day with Ricky Starks, right? Uh, the guy that used to... Aaron Solo. Aaron Solo, yeah, yeah. Solo mm. and QT against Cheeky Buggers. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I hope there's some time machine in there. Don't fuck off. I still haven't seen them wrestle for a while. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Obviously, they've got GYV and Jan. Yeah, a little cheap. Maybe GYV might rock up. Could well do. They seem to be rocking up in absolutely every promotion ever, so... <laughs> What about any uh, like old school Attitude Era people? Well, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of people who I would want to see and also actually want to see, like wrestle. Because like Scotty Too Hot is in town, isn't he? It's like I'd like to see Rikishi <laughs> do his dance, but I don't want to see Rikishi wrestle. Fair, that, that is fair. He's Scotty Too Hot in town. Yeah, he's been wrestling all around the UK. That'd be fucking amazing. <laughs> Scotty Too Hot versus Maggot. So it's the worm versus the maggot. Worm versus the maggot, fantastic. <laughs> it puts itself, isn't it? You get a slug in there as well. Redding lot. Swindon lot. <laughs> Sorry, Redding. <laughs> so, yeah. Unboxing. Who knows what's going to happen? Could be Blobby. Could be The Rock. <laughs> we, we just don't know. Both. <laughs> you made a bend right there. Blobby for the win? Yeah, 100%. One wonder if... Um... Old uh, William might turn up. He said he's winding down the end of the year, didn't he, from Indies? Yeah, that's true. He's the end end of the year. Might be home for Christmas. Well, he did show up at RevPro on on Sunday. Did he? He did, yeah. What was he doing? He had a pop at Gabe Kidd. Gabe Kidd. Disappointment for me this this year. (laughs) Got a shot. He got close. It's probably half a point for Grummet said it. What's a bigger (laughs) disappointment for you? Is it Gabe Kidd or Alton Towers? (laughs) (laughs) I've actually got family, my family's, uh, my great uncle used to own Alton Towers. What? So, yeah, he used to like, live there on the ground. So um, I'm a bit more positive about Alan Partridge about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure he owned it. I think that's slightly misleading. But he, <laughs> he used to get perks before before my time. So I'm not sure it was quite the Alton Towers we now know. 
But <laughs> there you go, little fact for you. It's a great fact. Can I have to figure out a new uh, wrestling character for you based off that? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that's unboxing, and it ends <laughs> with <laughs> Shaffy versus Alton Towers. <laughs> <laughs> they are be game. <laughs> but hopefully, you're able to come to the show, James. Uh, yeah, I try to say, I, I, it'll only be because of the Tories that I can't, so should be all right. Uh, if, like. if, that, if that happens, Mike will probably blame me anyway, so <laughs> it's my own fault. <laughs> Brilliant. Anything to plug, Josh? Uh, not in particular. Uh, my blog series that I do for the WWE game, I have, have I published it? I think so. Just did my own Survivor Series War Games match. At some point, because I already reviewed the best WWE pay-per-view of the year, which was I thought was Backlash. Uh, before the end of the year, I'm going to do a review of Wrestle Dream because I thought that was the best AEW pay-per-view. So, yeah, if that's in t- that's your thing, then follow my blog site, nobodysready.com, and, yeah, have a look. Nice. JCH? I say if anyone wants to come to Riot Cabaret 19th, I thought it was the 12th, so I got booked the 12th off work. <laughs> and then Shadow bought us tickets since I'm on 19th. So uh, me and Shadow will be there. I've uh, adjusted my work schedule, I think. Yeah, that's that. That's be a good one. Blobby, I know I've been banging on about it for about a month now, but he is going to be there. He was brilliant last time. Don't need to spend 40 quid for a photo this time because we've already got one. But can uh, he cut the promo, though? No, he didn't. Ross, end the podcast, so we're not topping that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what I've got coming up. I mean, obviously, unboxing. Um, don't think I can make Uprising, annoyingly, because I've got football, but... Um, I think that should be a pretty good show as well. So like all uh, promotions that I like going to are running in the next couple of weeks and should be able to get to at least two of them. So that's a bonus. Yeah, we'll, been, yeah, we'll, try and, for ages. we'll try and get Dave on for that show at some point. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, and just for me, the awards are open. We're going to close the voting in around two weeks' time so that we can do the podcast before Christmas. And yeah, make sure that you let yourself heard in terms of your favorites for 2023. There's there's serious stuff like best wrestler and then there's stupid stuff like fun moment of the year. So we've had some interesting answers on that one. Uh, <laughs> we have been Wrestling Should Be Fun. You can find us on Wrestling Should Be Fun on all platforms other than Twitter because it's awkward and it's at WSBFUN. That's been episode 117, I think. <laughs> And we promise next time we'll be a bit more prepared. Are you doing your send-off, Jack? I thought you were, I was nearly after the drink lots of water. Oh, yeah. Drink lots of water and look after your mates. I think we're done. The one Billy Gunn. He's back, baby! <laughs> Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun.